coming to you live from backstage at Freight Alley. You are listening to Through the first week of what might have been one of the weirdest and emotionally confusing ones I think Americans have ever experienced, Michael. Yeah, very weird for myself. And I'll tell you what, you know, I, I, when I go home trying to deal with this stuff, and even here trying to make light of some certain things and stuff like that, bring some levity, I like to go home. I, I don't want to see or hear about this for a while. You know, you need to relax, right? So, yes. uh, and we were talking about this. I, I, I like to watch like uh, documentaries and so on and so forth, like rockumentaries and things like sure. that. Uh, but so last night, I turned on Netflix. I'm going there. Top 10 picks right now in the United States. What's in the top 10? <laughs> Pandemic. Yeah. Who, who's going home and saying, you know what? I need to get away from things, chill out, and I'll think I'll watch Pandemic. I'm not going to lie to you. I watched I watched Outbreak about a couple weeks ago. I watched Contagion, which is another one. By the way, guys, we do monitor this live. I'm pulling you up right now on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook. So comment away. Let us know where you're tuning in from. Hopefully, for the next hour or so, we can provide a little levity. We've got a packed show. Right We're going to be talking about big news with XBO. We're going to be talking about big news with uh, what's going on with hours of service and rest yeah. stops and all of these major, major stories that we've got going on out there right now. Absolutely great but, headlines, Dooner, but... Yes. What do we got to do first here, brother? We got to pay the bills. We got to pay the bills. This episode is brought to you by Lean Staffing Solutions, the pioneers of transportation and logistics nearshoring. Struggling to hire, retain, train entry-level employees? Lean Staffing can save you time and money with the ability to scale your business at a fraction of the cost. To learn more, tell them, Michael... <laughs> to learn more, leanstaffing.com. Of course, go to leanstaffing.com. All right, man, let's hit the headlines. Right on. First, let's get to some breaking. Breaking news. This is on freightwaves.com. U.S. Canadian border to close for non essential travel at midnight. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau reiterates that extraordinary. Restrictions does not apply to cross-border trade. So glad they made that clarification. Yeah, so we still have goods trading back and forth. So we can get our Molson's Golden coming down here, and right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I worked in cross-border trade when I was yeah. with Ian Derringer, a lot of stuff. Philip Stewart says, Dooner, don't get the plague, brother. Trying not. Justin Ryder said, sequester at the house in Cali. Pat Roach said, study material. Debbie Strington, she's watching from LinkedIn. Well, okay. Clint Cito agreed. Right on. Welcome. Probably about that emotionally draining week. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons it's been emotionally draining is we work in freight. We all do. And layoffs have hit our industry. And they've. I think it's only the beginning that they've started to hit them hard. As the impact of COVID-19 quickly spreads throughout the economy, layoffs are becoming a common theme for workers. Those in the freight business like us are no exception. According to reports, TQL and Freightos are among the businesses in the industry that have conducted layoffs in recent days. Freightos recently let go of fewer than 50 people. The report said TQL has more than 5,000 employees globally. Sources in the company told Freightways that a large number of employees were told they're not hitting their effort goals and were let go. The source indicated that the reasoning was to hide the fact that the company was conducting a large nationwide layoff. Well, uh, 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 not hitting your goals, what, I don't understand what that's covering. You know, I kind of go both ways on this type of thing. There's been discussions about people, you know, they're using COVID to cover up that they're doing it. The industry wasn't doing that great in the beginning of the year anyways. I mean, it oh, was yeah. three weeks ago, it was in the toilet. Well, it's looking a little bit better, but certainly pricing was, de was, 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 was certainly depressed. 
and you know maintaining your margins as a as a broker were, were difficult, right? And do you, so, do you think people are going to take companies are going to take this opportunity to do a lot of their dirty work? I, I, I think so, but I think smartly so in some of those areas. I hate to take that side, but I mean, when you're if you're running that business and you're looking at what was already soft, and then what could be the back end of this? Yeah, you've got to use some some uh, you know financial smarts here and and figure out what, what you're doing. I suppose. What do you think about truck Might drivers? Not be popular, but truck drivers also will most likely be affected. So when you see these retailers like Macy's and Nordstrom, Nike, Apple shutting their you know shutting down their stores, right? So those goods will change and they'll they'll move differently as people people buy online, I suppose, right? But as people get laid off, there'll be less purchases, etc. And when we move down the line here and come out of this or start get on the backside, people are laid off. Industries have closed, restaurants have closed. Uh, there's reports like you know Cisco, U.S. Foods. They have they have a lot of drivers. They move a lot of goods. Those th- those type of things are going to go down. So yeah, truckers are going to be affected by this soon. I mean, right now, heyday. But what's coming? Gerald Howland on Facebook, by the way, he says hello to my daughter Emma at Freightways. This is a lot of people talking to family more often than ever. We're actually going to call my dad. He's been in the insurance industry for years. Yeah, they are driving from Florida up to Boston, but the we'll talk. Dooners on the road, road trip. on the road, road trip. He'll talk. He'll tell us a little bit about um, risk mitigation. But everybody out there, I imagine if you've been in quarantine for six, seven days, getting lonely, call, reach, call, FaceTime your parents, talk to them, do what you can. Yeah, I think there's more of that going on than ever, which is kind of good. I hope I, you know, to reconnect with people and that type of stuff. And hopefully, that's one of the lingering positive effects of this is that people are are, are more empathetic, reach out, and, and are more connected. Yes, but some of that empathy you might not find at, uh, well, right down the corner from us, Lipsy Logistics. They called, what, 30 people into an office, and they unceremoniously let them go. The employees had thought they were going in there to be told they were going to be able to work remotely, but it turns out that that was not the case. Yeah, not the case, not the case at all. And they, and they told them, it, it basically, you know, it's two different things, right? What's coming down with the corona, with, with the coronavirus, but also that, you know, their, their balance sheets weren't where they're supposed to be to begin with, right? No. So they, they, I mean, they were, they were pretty open with them about it, but still a shock and it, and it stinks. And, and our, our hearts reach out to those people that are getting laid off. We, we, you know, we need to help support everybody we possibly can. About 45 minutes before we went to air, a big story about XBO was just yeah. posted on FreightWaves.com. Right. Can you uh, fill yeah, us in on that? Absolutely. XBO ends the bid to break up the company, right? Market collapse prompts XBO to take operating units off the auction block after two months of shopping, potentially all of its operating units, excluding the less than truckload division. XBO Logistics Incorporated said it was no longer looking to sell. In a brief AK filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the top 10 global logistics provider said, in light of the current market conditions, XBO has terminated the strategic review process. Wow. The, the news comes as little surprise given the valuation collapse in the equity markets right now. Not the best time to start selling things off when the value is low. That's not when you want to do that. Yeah, yeah. You don't buy high, sell low. Yeah. But it was only it was January 15th. It was only a few months ago that right. XBO said that they were entertaining these these offers. They'd retained Goldman Sachs and yeah, J.P. Morgan. News. It was huge news. It was huge news. Yeah, they, agreed. they were just going to keep that high margin LTL business. But it looks like that's on pause. Right. What did Brad yeah, Jacobs say yeah, about it? So Brad Jacobs said that the spinoff of the units uh, would would have freed up capital, eliminate debt and raise the company's valuations as a pure play LTL operator. At the time, Jacob said that XBO's stock valuation based on multiple earnings before interest tax depreciation and amortization, or EBITDA, was being uh, weighed down, trading as a conglomerate and at a discount to other LTL carriers. But things change. 
Things do Boom. change. Things do change. We'll monitor that one and read the whole story at FreightWaves.com. Yeah. Airlines also, they are getting hit as hard as any industry. We've talked about it during our freight market specials, coronavirus freight market specials, Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon. Join us for those you live interactive, just like this show. But uh, North American and international airlines are adjusting to this new normal as their operations are just getting crushed. Passenger airline stocks are down 30%. Delta Airlines said that more than 600 of its aircraft are going to fit. Uh, are going to sit 40 percent are grounded so crazy four-fifths of international flights also scrapped for the next two to three months this yeah, isn't just a two-week thing it's absolutely crazy and canadian air cargo provider cargo jet said it is redeploying its aircraft currently serving internationally or international scheduled and charter routes to its north american network to support increased volumes for e-commerce and healthcare and essential supplies as the coronavirus outbreak changes supply chain needs and also american airlines mm. right Passenger plane is the first passenger plane to only fly cargo. Will depart Dallas, uh, yeah, Dallas Fort Worth International Airport Friday for Frankport, uh, uh, Frankfurt Airport in Germany. Getting- airlines looking to you put idle assets to work, and I, I, there's others looking at this as well, right? Getting uh, smart, starting to use their, starting to use their passengers as freighters only or mini freighters, etc couple other headlines that were on FreightWaves.com that we'll probably be talking more about next week are transportation startups at risk for COVID-19. Funding and investment exits for transportation startups are diminishing as the economic outlook worsens. Uh, this may not be a surprise. Pod sales <laughs> jump as more people stay at home. And Amazon warehouses, they detected employed with coronavirus in Queens, New York. Again, head to FreightWaves.com for all your freight breaking news. That could get scary, though, if we start losing a lot of warehouse workers and the supply chain really starts getting messed up. Yeah, that I think that's a fear for everybody right now, and it's one of those things I really don't want to think about. Uh, the supplies need to keep moving, right? Uh, drivers need to stay on. Warehouses yeah. need to keep going. Imports need to get back online to refill those stocks. Otherwise, things could get really ugly. Let's talk to Brady Mahler from Hollywood. Uh, tell us a little bit about them. I'll get him up on the line. So, Hollywood, what are you here? Yeah, Brad is an inquisitive leader who thrives on doing what others say can't be done. Uh, so Brad has been a key leader and developer in many of Hollywood's departments across the multiple disciplines, right? So Hollywood, right? They uh, it is uh, re- they recycle plastic. I, they are on their and, new Kickstarter. And, I think we got right? Brady right on the line. Hey, Brady, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Tim? Thank you for joining us for five count of five, five two minutes. Man, <laughs> and thank you to uh, our, our mutual friend, Jason Myers, for putting you in touch with us. Very interesting company. And we are talking at probably one of the most unique times in American history, especially for a shipper, right? Yeah, it's uh, pretty complicated right now. So tell us a little bit a little bit about what Pollywood does for our audience who may not be familiar. Yeah, so Pollywood was founded uh, really out of the 1980s, Keep America Beautiful campaign. Our founder, Doug Rassi, uh, came, originated the idea of uh, what to do with all those mountains of plastic uh, containers. And what came out of it was dimensional lumber that we build into generational outdoor furniture uh, with long warranty, really good quality product. We've been doing that for over 30 years. Amazing stuff. And you had just put out this Kickstarter campaign at the beginning of the month. It's been going a couple of weeks. You've raised a decent amount of money. What is it? It's an Adirondack chair made out of recycled ocean plastic. Yeah, so there's some recycled ocean plastics in it. And the main thing behind the ocean chair is is that we want to – so we recognize there's really a crisis in our oceans. Uh, by the year 2050, if we don't change our – 
our recycling patterns, there's going to be more plastic in the ocean than there is fish. And so we, you know, we see that as a real global crisis. And what we want to do is give everybody the opportunity to be a part of the change. And, you know, so right now, when we look at uh, different partners that we're working with, uh, like Plastic Bank is one of them, uh, ocean plastics are pretty expensive to collect right now. It's We're really on the forefront of figuring out smart ways to do it. And we want to be pioneers in really helping um, clean up our oceans. And so the ocean chair itself, uh, Pollywood is putting 40 pounds worth of ocean plastics. Every time we sell a chair, we're going to put 40 pounds of ocean plastic into our operation. And so it's a pretty big commitment on our side. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Maybe one day ocean plastic will be as rare as sea glass, right? Remember when you used to, you got, well, maybe you don't. I, <laughs> I don't remember as much, but I imagine you, it was there. You, you find these, these kind of, you know, I grew up on Lake Erie uh, and, and you would find these, these pieces of these pebbles that looked like they, and they were glass, right? Yeah. And, it, and that's what it was. It was trash that just, just got people chucking their and Coke it, bottles and, exactly. they, and beer now bottles. It's rare and it's like a collector's type of thing. Maybe wow. hopefully someday sea uh, plastic isn't the same thing, but the challenges of going to market during a crisis. Yeah, well, Brady, tell us a little bit about that. We, you know, we've we haven't been in this coronavirus environment for that long, but have you have you been impacted by it yet? Has your company been impacted by it? Uh, does it change your strategy at all? Yeah, so we're all kind of holding our breath a little bit right now and wondering when you know we're going to get on the other side of this uh, from a, just a supply chain management. You know, we our our supply is raw material. We go from plastic flake that's recycled and we pelletize it, we produce it into lumber, we make furniture all here in the U.S. and Indiana and North Carolina. So, you know, when we think about supply chain management, that's a lot less complicated for us right now. Uh, but just from overall market economies, it's just really interesting. You know, we don't know what to expect. So far, it seems like uh, optimism is still there. You know, I think fundamentally, I really believe that our economy is strong, and I think we're going to swing back on the other side of this. And so we're just uh, looking for that uh, timing. Yeah. How are you seeing it, Tim? I, I know you have it, uh, and uh, our listeners, a few of them right here. Lisa, Lisa Hoover says, "Save our oceans." Jamin Alvarez says, "What a great cause." Um, it, agreed with both of those comments. Have you had any shortfalls in materials? You mentioned the raw goods or anything. Has that has that been a challenge? Uh, you know, as I Sharon, you know, fortunately, our scenario we haven't really uh, seen that yet. You know, our raw material is is plastic, and it's uh, you know really as like a a commodity. So you know, the commodity market still we're able to access product. Uh, the ocean plastic itself is a, is a tougher material to get your hands on right now just because it's so early on in the collecting processes. So there's a lot of cool technology out there uh, where people are looking at how do we you know get it out of the ocean? How do we prevent it from going into the ocean? There's ocean bound. And I think a lot of it's just awareness and, uh, and able to get that plastic off of these key areas, you know, like islands and uh, coastal areas. Let's get it away from there. Let's get it to a processor and let's get it turned into a into a usable good. I was going to say too, what are your raw materials being this recycled ocean plastic? That's, that's, that's one material you do hope eventually there's a shortage of because your mission is working. Yeah, exactly. You got that right. You know, we also see a lot of landfill bound plastic that we're able to uh, bring into our operation as well. And, 
you know, we really see the vision of a regenerative economy around plastics. You know, I think plastics are wonderful materials. They're long lasting. They're durable. There's a lot of great characteristics to them that also make them a problem when they're not in a regenerative uh, economy. And so they end up just lasting for generations, whether they're in the ocean or whether they're, you know, in a beautiful consumer good. And so, you know, uh, you know, part of the vision of just what uh, plastics could look like, you know, 100 years from now, well, hopefully a lot sooner than that. But, you know, the future of what it looks like is regenerative, where the design of products and the full circle economy around plastics, where it never really goes to the waste. It's always being turned into something uh, beautiful that's long lasting. Thank you very much. How do people learn more about the Kickstarter that you, you have going on? I imagine support is paramount right now, and I think you guys are doing a great cause. So let our listeners know where to go. Yeah, so uh, you can go to Kickstarter. Another great place to get there is if you just go to oceanchair.com, O-C-E-A-N chair.com, and uh, that'll link you right up to uh, what's happening with the Ocean Chair movement. And we'd love for you guys to you know hop in and join us on this call to clean the oceans up. Good stuff. Hey, we had one question here, Pat Roach, before I let you go. He said, and I'm not sure what this means. He said, have you spoken to ocean clusters? Does, does that mean anything to you? Ocean clusters. Uh, I have not. I will take a note. I can look into that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe that's something we should both Google after this one. Yeah, right on. What was the comment? Uh, have you heard of ocean clusters? I'm just... Is he talking about the, like, the plastic islands that they're observing? Uh, it, it could it be. Poss- that's what it sounds like to me. Okay. Well, hey... Brayden, thank, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Tim. Best of luck, man. Keep, stay healthy. Yep, All right, now it's time for the DHL Supply Chain. Pricing Power Index. Yeah. Which has finally started getting interesting, right? It has. It was uh, flat for a long time. It was a one-sided game for a while, right? It was a very one-sided game. So two weeks ago, it was at 25 yeah. Right. So, so to, just a reminder: zero, all the power goes to the shippers. A hundred, all the power goes to the carriers, and fifty is a balanced market. It was at twenty-five two weeks ago. Two straight fifteen-point moves. So over the last two weeks, it's more than doubled. It's fifty-five. Fifty-five. So power is with the carriers right now, mm-hmm. and I don't know how long. Just it will on last. that side. Just on that side. Just on that side right now. It could go further next week. Right. Uh, for as long as, you know, volumes are 25% year over year and accelerating week over week. Kevin, how, um, what is driving all this? What's driving this, this, this big change in the DHL supply chain pricing power index? So, so basically restocking right now, you know, emergency buying, uh, panic buying, if you, if you will. So, so a lot of essential goods are, are hitting the, the, the supermarkets, the retail outlets. Uh, I've also heard that, that flatbed is, is doing okay as well. So across all modes, refrigerated and van, though, very hot markets. Yeah, very hot markets. So it, it is it, it essentially it's showing you know, the supply and demand, right? It costs yes. more to get the capacity. It costs more. So, so basically, on our, our truck stop rates that we have in Sonar, we are seeing, I, I think, two-thirds of those lanes uh, yeah. have have increased over the last two weeks, a week over a week, and uh, a large portion of those are double-digit increases. Gerald wow. Howland says the company I drive for is still busy for now, but our automotive fleet is slowing down because of a Honda shutdown. Yeah, so that, that's the other question. You know, How long does this, this hot market last? You know, yeah. I mean, basically... When when do levels return? When are the the, the stocks 
you know, return to the retailers. Automotive plants are shutting down for two weeks. So uh, what does that do to the market? So I, I think uh, I think Zach and I, I talk about it all the time. I I think within the next two or three weeks, we're going to see, and I, I think Vincent over here agrees with this too, over the next two or, two, two or three weeks, we're going to see uh, a, a drop in, in volumes. Yeah, likely, I, I, likely. I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, if people getting laid off, people have already restocked, et cetera. Uh, the thing that could exacerbate that is, is imports not filling up those warehouses again. And if manufacturing in the U.S. starts to slow down from layoffs or people infected with the virus, et cetera, then yeah. And those are two data points that we're looking at, yeah. too. We talked about uh, yesterday on a program. Uh, basically, week over week job claims spiked thirty three percent. So that that's heading north, which is a, a good good direction. Mm-hmm. And also, estimates for Q two GDP have been uh, pretty horrid, actually, anywhere from negative four to negative fourteen percent. And those are probably yeah. going to be revised down over the next two or three weeks. Well, William wow. Rufo, he says uh, hello from William in Seattle. Hello, William. Uh, be safe. Be safe out there. <laughs> I know Seattle's had uh, their own share of issues, but it seems like that is encroaching on the entire United States. So, Kevin, we've seen a lot of this being driven by the panic buying, right? A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of being driven by essentials buying. What happens when everyone has all their stuff? Well, volumes drop. Volumes yeah. drop. So, the positive news out there right now is that we have a trillion dollar stimulus package that is nearing, very near being signed now, or at least. Two of the three phases are. I don't know how how close the third phase is, uh, but but that is uh, that's good for volumes. Uh, but everything else, like like you mentioned, panic buying is stocking up. Uh, where do volumes go from there? It's 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 negative cr- negative news for carriers at that point. Yeah. What was your three month outlook on the DHL supply chain pricing power index? It was uh, I, I believe it was forty five. So you, you are anticipating, anticipating a, a drop, yeah, a curve yeah. off. But if you think about it, uh, it, if there's any silver lines, to this if we look back to. Even a month or two ago, this this index was at like 15, 25%. It was was 25, and we looked back because we do a this week forecast or this week real time and then a three month forecast. We looked back three months and we we were forecasting 55. All for not for the reasons that we laid out or anything, but somehow we, sorry, so somehow we hit the 55. Go figure, right? <laughs> Jamin Alvarez says uh, he thinks you're right, Kevin, but he's not. He has not seen as much volatility in flatbed yet. No, I, I, I talked to a couple of people who moved flatbeds, and they said it's still the volumes are still there. I, I, th- I thought they would be dipping pretty hard right now because of industrials, energy, well, and oil, all of that, uh, and oil prices. Oh tanking, yeah, right? yeah, they're I mean, tanking. Would, there was low twenties. They had the best day. Yeah, uh, ever yeah, like yesterday. Twenty-eight percent jump yesterday, and now I think it's seven to ten percent down today. Yeah. Is, is that moving a lot like the stock market, where some days it oh, looks yeah. like we're falling off a cliff, but then it, it goes back over twenty thousand? It's a, it's a lot like the, the stock market. It's very volatile. Yeah. But I don't know if we're going to see thirty dollars barrels of, of oil anytime soon. Guys, right. who makes money in this in this volatile environment? I hearken back to when Bradley Jacobs was on stage at Transparency nineteen, and he said, "As a broker, I love volatility, up or down, because it creates opportunity." Brokers, yeah, De- definitely brokers. You you love volatility as a broker because you're in the 
you're in the job of price discovery, and you you have most of the price discovery power in your hands in volatile markets. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the, the brokers that are staying abreast of all the data and all the news on a daily basis, those are the ones that are, are definitely going to make the money or, or yep. can, can yep. maintain those margins or even improve those margins right now. Yeah. It, Which it, probably it, is an essential thing to do given what may be coming in a few weeks. Exactly right. Information is power. The people who have the information, the data are the ones who are going to, to, to make the, the market right right now, especially yep. with the volatility. And, and basically, we're talking about forecasting yesterday. Uh, good luck with forecasting right now, especially yeah. on historical, <laughs> right? It's, it's a whole new world. Yeah, I mean, any long-term type of forecasting is incredibly difficult right now. But you can still 24 hours is a long time right now. It, yeah, it is. But, I mean, you got, you got to watch. we got to wake up every day and know exactly what's going on immediately yes. uh, to take advantage of what's happening today, for yes. sure. Yes, because it's very volatile. Yep. How does it change your approach to that? Well, it, it's just that. You know, I, when I'm looking at it and forecasting and looking at the at the markets, I'm trying to trend out what is happening next week, next month, et cetera, right? And really backcasting and try and look and see how that is going to play out and using it. That's all out the window. Yes. Right? It's anybody's guess. I mean, you can take a pretty good educated guess what's going to happen in the next three to four weeks. I think we're all in agreement in there. It's going to level off and start to decline, and it could decline quickly it, very quickly <coughs> very as, quickly as, as quickly as it, it ramped up right but right now the name of the game is how do i cover my customers right now or how do i get my products moved right, right now? now what is happening yes that's well, exactly good, good stuff kevin thank you exactly. for joining us on thank the show guys. and uh very curious stuff we'll stay abreast of that pricing power index and all the research you've been doing on carrier behavior and stuff too speaking of surveys we'll talk to max fuller in a bit but before we get to him Call to my parents. We're on the middle of a road trip. We'll see, uh, we'll see what they're seeing. They're going up from Florida no. to Boston. My dad, he used to work for Roanoke Insurance. He's got a lot of background in risk mitigation and those kind of things. So we'll see what's up. They got the As family we- truckster all loaded up, right? Yeah, they sure do. Up there. Awesome. Tim? Yeah, hey, Dad. I hear all the music. Now trending. All right. Hey, Dad. Thank you for joining us on the air on What the Truck today. Yeah, we just made it, too. We're at the hotel now. We're in uh, Potomac Mills, uh, Virginia, just outside of D.C. Now, Michael wow. brought up an interesting point earlier on. He said, are they taking any precautions at these hotels? or Is there less staff there? Is everyone wearing masks? Like, what Would you know that this coronavirus epidemic is going on by walking into the hotel? Um, not exactly. I mean, nobody's had any uh, masks on for, for as far as workers go at the hotel. I've seen a couple with uh, gloves on. Uh, the staff's a lot smaller. Like the hotel we stayed at last night in Beaufort, uh, South Carolina, only had three people on the staff all day. And they left because it was only three people that showed up to check in. Oh, you, you so, know, we talk about travel getting hit with, with airlines and everything. And we haven't really thought too much about the actual hotel industry, but they have to be getting massacred right now. Yeah. I think in a lot of places they are if you're resort towns. Beaufort was, is kind of a resort town. But if you were closer to 95, uh, those seem to be uh, filling up with people because there are, there are tons of people on the highway on I-95 coming from Florida, heading north, and uh, even a, a lot of Canadians. Uh, I mean, I, I must have been passed by about 50 people from Quebec alone. Oh, they got to get back up there, Trudeau. Yeah, I don't know if you heard. Go. Trudeau closed the, the borders, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have to get yeah, so, but not not for their citizens though. No, what I heard is that they're closing the but not for their returning citizens. 
Yeah, but if you hear that, you you know that a lot of panic buying is going to go on just like here in America. You probably want to get home and get settled and put stakes down and get into your self-quarantine or whatever it may be. Well, I, I, most of them had motorhomes, and my guess is they oh, wow. all had toilet paper in them. <laughs> well, that, that's good for them. What, what was yeah. the uh, what was the atmosphere like in Florida? Because you went out there a few months ago. Everything was happy. Everything was cheery. It was all, it was all Disneyland and smiles. And then in the past couple of weeks, things have taken a dramatic turn, especially this week. Yeah, particularly this week. Actually, up until uh, this week, uh, it was everything was normal there. Restaurants were open, bars were open, the beaches were packed. I'm sure you saw the news about Clearwater. You know, that area was just is just north of where we were. And uh, that's all the spring break kids that were there. But they started limiting uh, uh, beaches. And uh, I think uh, Friday of this week, everything's totally closed. All of the public beaches are closed Friday. But up until up until maybe two two days ago or so, it didn't seem too. I mean, a week ago it started to change, but up until two days ago, it didn't seem that that bad. Uh, but you know, when I started running a toilet a toilet paper and uh, food and stuff, it was getting a little nasty. And some of these people were, I mean, they're just crazy. They're all they're all in a total panic. It's unbelievable. Are you worried at all about the coronavirus? No more than I, I think that I would be worried about the flu. I'm, yeah, I'm worried about it in that sense, but I'm more worried about, you know, getting food from the, uh, the supermarket now, the way people are grabbing things left and right. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they're even running into each other. I mean, these senior citizens I'm talking about, too. Yeah. They're pushing each other around. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're grabbing as many things as they can. The supermarkets finally said, look, you can only get one or two. That's it, you know, from here and move on. Yeah, I and think, I think your concern I, I think is may, echoed by everybody. I, I think that's a lot yeah, of the people's concern. They're more concerned over the reaction to this or it, it's fairly equal. It's a large percentage of people's concern. It's my certainly one of my large concerns, a very large part of my concern. I mean, is my, the reaction of people to this. My biggest concern is on the yeah, line the right now. It, my mom yeah, and dad, right. my mom right. and dad, just because right. the age group you're, you're in, yeah. uh, for you, Dad, and, and for Mom, because we know that that group gets hit the hardest. So um, hopefully, if you can get groceries delivered or anything when you get back to Boston, that would uh, that would be perfect. Just stay locked. Well, stay had, locked we down. Had, you had, we had your uncle pick up a bunch of stuff for us the other day, so he put it in the house already. But hey. we still need more things. And Mom is trying to order from Whole Foods online, uh, but uh, a lot of it's already out of stock. And she said there was a news blurb that came over. And said Whole Foods is going to have to stop for a while because they're totally out of stock of everything. Hey, mostly what, everything. What about rest stops along the way? Did you stop at any rest stops? Sorry, we heard that in Pennsylvania. Uh, some had been closed. A lot had been closed. I think only 13 were open, but then the FMCSA got involved, and, and that's changed quite a bit. That's been backtracked. So were things open? Could you go inside? We've heard a lot that you had to use drive throughs uh, Well, we the only place we went yesterday was in Beaufort for uh, – like a late lunch, early dinner, and all of the restaurants were closed in uh, South Carolina or in that area. They all had signs, or most of them had signs uh, outside that said that they were going to have a, uh, a drive-up window or a drive-up to the, the restaurant. Most of them didn't have windows. They're regular restaurants. So drive up between 4 and 8.30, and that's the way you were going to get your uh, food. We were able to get some things from, from a market that was open there that also makes sandwiches, uh, and they actually made some good ones. We had that and sat by the water. So for us, it wasn't bad, but all the other places were closed. And all the restaurants around this area where we're at are closed. And uh, we're told that the 
the hotel here is going to be full tonight because there's a lot of visiting military to go to Quantico. And I guess there's a uh, fairly large uh, contingent from Africa somewhere, and the hotel is going to be full because they're not able to get home. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, and the base is closed. Well, stay in the hallways there. There's that many people. Stay, yeah. stay in your room. Don't, yeah. don't go and mingle at the hotel bar <laughs> yeah. or whatever. So, Dad, you worked for Roanoke Insurance. You were uh, vice president. You're on the board there. So you know a lot about supply chain. You know a lot about insurance. How do you mitigate risk in an environment like this? Well, I'm after the fact about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of things had been done you know, uh, early on uh, to mitigate this. And I don't think anybody was prepared for it. And, and it's obvious, seeing the way the country's reacting, and especially the pre- president's reacting like a yo-yo. But, you know, at least he seems to be on track right now. And, uh, you know, it's all about the supply chain and what's out there and where it is and how do you get it to people. I mean, the biggest concern now for people, especially those that are sick or suspected of being sick, is there's not enough respirators, there's not enough masks, there's not enough... Uh, surgical gloves and things for the uh, uh, medical staff that have to take care of uh, these people as well, which is, I mean, that's why they're putting up these drive, drive up, uh, uh, drive through clinic type places where they can take your temperature and test you and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't know what you could have done ahead of time unless you knew that this would come. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when a hurricane's coming and hurricanes happen fairly frequently. So you know what to set aside. You know you need to set aside a certain amount of water. You need to set aside a certain amount of canned foods and dry foods, things that wouldn't spoil on you, and similar flashlights, things like that. But, but if you're but a now, shipper, how do you mitigate? But if you're, I you're don't a, know. if you're a shipper in terms of insurance, is there anything you could have got that would have covered you in here? Is this force majeure, anything like that? I know a lot of people have brought up that term. Or is this something that insurance companies are going to start offering shippers, uh, virus or pandemic well, they, insurance? Well, they, they may after this. The only problem is how extensive is this going to be and how much it's going to cost. If it's going to be astronomical, I don't think they're going to do anything. Uh, they may provide some risk management services by, uh, you know, bringing people out to help you decide what to get, where to keep it, and where to source different things. But, uh, you know, big, large companies do have risk managers as well. You know, people like where Timothy worked before at FedEx, they have a risk manager that does that. Because they don't buy, you know, just an insurance policy. They ha- they do a lot of things to mitigate their loss at the beginning, which is what you guys are talking about here in the pandemic. But you have to do that ahead of time. You know, it's just like what's happening with these uh, trucking companies that are going out of business with these astronomical rate increases. Well, the trucking I- industry always had a problem with insurance because, you know, they'd have a four or five years run of really good results. And everybody and his brother would get into the business of insuring the trucking industry. And then what would happen is that you have, you know, the bad operators and you would have things happen and there would be large claims and then everybody would start getting out of the business. So, you know, it, it's, I don't know what the solution is in the long run. The, the best solution, I guess, for, for the trucking industry is to prepare just like anybody else would try to prepare. And, you know, if you can find a good person in a trucking uh, who's doing a lot of trucking, insurance, might be able to provide some good advice as to, well, you know, this is what we've seen happen and this is what you could do. Those are the kinds of things that you want to find out. And somebody in, in the trucking company should be designated. If they don't have a risk manager, they should have somebody there that's designated to do that and or and to designate their, their insurance broker or agent uh, to help them in that process. 
Wow. Well, hey, Dad, thank you very much for your insight. Uh, stay safe in the hotel. Stay, you know, keep keep us abreast of the situation. And I uh, love you guys. Take care. Yeah, safe travels. Yeah, you too. All right, bye. Bye now. Wow. It's so interesting stuff there. And I mean, tough, even really from is. insurance, tough situation. Yeah, even from that person. Yeah, how do you prepare for something like this? I, I, I mean, you know. You have to kind of have to have it happen first to then. You do. So we're better prepared next time. And hopefully we'll be prepared as all get out and never have to use any of that preparedness planning. Let's call Max Farrell <laughs> up. Great. Max Farrell from Workhound down the street from Let's us. Let's do that. He, they just did a big survey, a survey of truck drivers. Let's see what oh, the awesome. uh, the natural temp- the national temperature is for drivers who are facing some stuff. Right tough on. This sounds good. Hey, Max. Good what? afternoon. Hey, Max. How's it going, sir? You, you're with Workhound. Real quick, let, just pl- plug your company real quick. Let people know what you do. Yeah, WorkHound is a real-time feedback platform for frontline workers. And uh, in the trucking industry, carriers use WorkHound to get a pulse on their people, get ahead of driver issues before they quit. And you know, especially with the uh, the challenges with coronavirus right now, get ahead of the confusion and, and have a process to communicate to drivers so that uh, they know their com- company's got their back. That's uh, what WorkHound's all about. Yeah, that's awesome. Giving the giving the employees a, a a voice, an anonymous voice, really, right? So they feel comfortable about st- stating what their concerns are and giving you a way to be, uh, you know, proactive in, in in retention. It's much better to retain an employee than go find a new one, right? Much we, less costly. Uh, we forget that too often in this yeah, industry, too. We do. We do. Max, you put out a uh, Max, you put out a big survey out to drivers out there to get their opinion. It's more important than ever. What were some of the results of that, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, so um, you know, what we noticed in the past month is that the the number of mentions around COVID nineteen or coronavirus have shot up, and uh, we looked through our data and saw that six percent of all mentions of open ended feedback, where drivers can talk about anything, they said, "Hey, I really want to talk about uh, coronavirus." Um, it was uh, it was a top issue. So the the top things that drivers were talking about around coronavirus were things like uh, planning. Uh, so 25% of the the coronavirus comments were really wanting to get to the heart of does uh, does my company have a plan in place if somebody gets sick what is going to happen um, that sort of thing. And so we uh, we broke out all the data into all these different themes to see what are what's really top of mind for drivers. Max, this is an emerging story too. We've, we've had people ask us. We've had, I've had someone email me just about an hour ago. What does a truck driver do if they either think they have the coronavirus or they actually do have the coronavirus? Where, where are they supposed to go? Especially if they're 800, 900 miles from home and they don't want to infect people. Yeah, it's a, um, it's, it's a challenging situation. And, and that's where carriers are scrambling right now to put it together. Uh, you know, one, one professional driver I know, uh, Charles, um, who's traveling from Iowa to California and back right now, said that, uh, if worse comes to worse, he's got enough supplies to just bunker down in his truck for, for a couple weeks, uh, to, to keep, keep others away from it. So, um, you know, these, these guys are taking it seriously, but they also know that there's a tremendous amount of purpose right now. Like when I was talking to, to Charles, he was saying, if I don't work, you don't eat. And so he knows the importance of his work right now. 
I've noticed that a lot of truckers, wow. I mean, on, on message boards and just ones I've talked to, there's a lot of pride. And it's almost like uh, it's almost like angry pride. Like, well, you're all self-quarantined. We're out here, you know, moving goods. But they are. And I, and I, and I get it. And I love it. And I'm so glad they're, they are bringing things to the docks. Did you get any other amazing insights or interesting insights from this coronavirus survey that people may not be thinking about? Um. Yeah, that they, uh, I mean, it's, it's a couple of things that they want to know that the company has enough work to support them during this time. And, uh, so companies taking the time to say, Hey, our freight is good right now. Here's a story about a customer that needs us now more than ever, just to reassure drivers that they're not going to get furloughed or laid off or, uh, just get stuck parked for, for a couple of days. Uh, I think another thing that people don't realize is that. Drivers need guidance on where to eat and where to park because rest stops are closing or restaurants aren't allowing people to walk in. And a driver can't drive through a fast food restaurant in an 18-wheeler, and they can't really get it delivered to a rest stop. And so they're, they're stuck in a catch-22. So companies need to be forward-thinking and, and helping drivers figure out, hey, here's where you need to drop off this freight, but along the way, here's a place where you can eat. And that's something that we really haven't had to think about in the past. Yeah, we've been hearing those same comments over the last couple of weeks, right? Is the concern when Pennsylvania decided to close theirs? Oh, yeah. And then they started coming back. They're, they're bringing them back on. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But that is a big concern that we hear as well. You know, they go into these rest stops and they're, they're out of supplies. They're out of the, and that's the only place they can go to get these things. Yeah. And, and they're out. Right. So that's a huge concern. And hopefully, Hopefully there's, well, we do see evidence of, of things being done to make that happen, right? Hey, Max, what about you as a, as a business owner? Are you concerned at all, this uncertain environment? I, this changes things for everybody. So for, for us, we, we know that at WorkCount, we have a responsibility to be a calm in the chaos. And right now, there is a lot of confusion out there. And so we want to help companies get ahead of the confusion. And, and that's what, what we've been hearing from, from our side. So when... Um, when we've talked to customers over the past week, just asking, how can we help? They, uh, they told us that, Hey, you guys are our best asset right now, knowing what drivers are confused about. And so that's what we want to be for this industry is we want to give you the data to say, here's what drivers are worried about. Here's some ideas about how you put a plan together. Uh, but the most important thing is that you all got to keep things moving. And, uh, we want to just help be a, be a, uh, a calm in the chaos. Wow, Max, how do people, how do people yeah. learn more about WorkHound? Yeah, so uh, you can go to WorkHound.com, W-O-R-K-H-O-U-N-D.com. Uh, and we uh, just on our blog, we just published uh, some tips that companies can use about their communication strategy for uh, how to communicate with drivers during this time. And uh, we also just got some, some data that overviews the, the top issues around coronavirus from drivers that will be uh, – sharing shortly. So email me max at workhound.com if you want that. We'll uh, share it before we post it to the website. Good stuff, Max. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for joining us and thank you for giving drivers a voice. Yeah. Excellent stuff, yeah. Max. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Learning learning even more. Learning more from everybody. And some comments yeah. have come in along the way too. Deidre Sauer said she just got back from Deerfield Beach. They cut their vacation short, as I imagine a lot of people were. They made that decision, it sounds like on Wednesday. Um, Shell said what Max is doing, great idea. Uh, Lisa Hoover said more and more young adults are getting sick. Yeah, Lisa, that's scary how we were seeing. My dad yeah. was talking about all the beaches being open, and we saw the viral videos of all those kids at spring break, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now now you're seeing more of them get sick, and that's that's not a good thing. Yeah. well, Not a good thing at all. 
In life, there is good news and bad news. There and is. The theater, let's do it. In the theater of pain of life, let's uh, let's get to some silver linings and some, uh, I don't know. the <laughs> <laughs> bad news and good news. All right. I mean, this one's unavoidable. Panic buying and a rush to stores has left shelves barren of some essential items. We all know that. We've all been in there. We've all had the struggle. The struggle is real. By the way, baby wipes work just as well as toilet paper in case you're, uh, you're worried. I, hear, I heard there was even a run on bidets. Because, <laughs> is that right? Yes. <laughs> well, hey, what are you going to do? You, you don't have toilet paper. <laughs> Well, the good news here, though, is that there the hours of server the hours of service waiver is is working right to ease some of the capacity crunch that carriers and shippers are just starting to contend with. Uh, Justin Freeze, though, vice president of carrier development at Arrive Logistics, he agrees that the FMCSA's waiver is going to unlock capacity. But he says this. But at the same time, some of the wait times at the distribution centers are intense with trucks lined up for miles. We've seen those pictures as well, right. making it difficult to measure just how effective this waiver is. He also goes on to say from a capacity standpoint, this is one of the most unique and confusing times he's ever witnessed. Capacity is very scarce, yet everyone is scared because there's a lot of unknowns right now. One carrier will tell me that they're getting a couple of dollars per mile in one lane, but the next carrier tells me his customer is shutting down. Put some context in this, Michael. Yeah, so, I mean, capacity, scarcity of capacity, very scarce compared to what it was a month ago and so on, right? Compared to 2018, not so much, about half that right now, if I remember the numbers correctly, right? But it's definitely getting more and more scarce. And I think it, it, it's really, what it is, is is things are changing so much and the lanes are changing, like LA, the outbound volumes are now starting to drop and they're rising in other areas, is really having that knowledge as to where those volumes and where those capacity crunches or demand uh, for that capacity are on a day-to-day basis or, or changes every day or every two days and so on. So I think that's where some of that that scarcity is coming from. I've I've heard from brokers where on this exact same lane, you know, he says a two, you know, a couple dollars a mile on the exact same lane, a couple dollars a mile is thank you for that great price. And oh, are you crazy? I'm paying half that at the same time because people just don't know what's going on. But people shouldn't be going out and buying equipment at the moment. You wouldn't recommend that? Yeah, I I wasn't recommending it in 2018, yet they did it. (laughs) Jeez, and it caused a lot of problems. (laughs) And we talked about that before. You know, people forget Christmas comes. Mindy Midori Pruitt, she says, will there be a bailout for owner-operators if there's a shutdown or they're sick? I, I haven't heard of one yet. That might be in the works. I would, I would that fall into the small business uh, type of thing? I would. I would. I, I. I don't know. I don't know. We got more comments. Or are we going on move more? Let's go to the next one. All right. Good news. All right. So CBP at El, at El Paso seizes shipment of tampered cleaning supplies. Is the good news is they caught them right? Yeah. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers at the ports of entry remain watchful of fraudulent imports that take advantage of Americans during the COVID nineteen crisis. We saw this in an earlier one where they, they found uh, fake test kits. Oh, yeah. Right? That's terrible, right? That is evil. Yes. And now, what are they selling? Water as... As, as bleach. As bleach? Yeah. And... Uh, and that's that's the bad news is that still, you know, as people are coming together. Yeah. And they certainly are. We see it in our company. We see it across. We hear it in the comments, et cetera. 
There's also those taken advantage. Well, it's very unlikely it is, that we caught. It's awful. We caught one of one, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you caught one, that means there's probably hundreds. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you play statistics to it, there's there's yeah, you've caught nothing basically. How do you get around it? I imagine stores aren't buying this stuff, but I guess don't buy bootleg cleaning supplies on eBay or on Craigslist or from a guy in a trench coat. I, I think that's part of. I mean, well. And so certain things are being, are being, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're out of stock on. And so you go to any type of source, right? So doesn't that lend fertilizer to the grounds of, of these, these people that are, that are doing this, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, you go to the, you go on Amazon or whatever, you can't find it at the store. So you're trying to get it, you're trying to get it, uh, buy it through e-commerce and get it delivered. And you go to those name brands that you, that you know of, but all right, out of stock or wait three weeks. I can't wait three weeks. I need these wipes now. I need this. I need this now. So you go to the next and maybe you don't know the brand. It's kind of an off brand. Who knows? Uh, you know, what I have seen, though, what we do know is that soap, soap d- d- tends to dissolve this stuff immediately. So yeah, yeah. if you want to be extra cautious, just make sure you're washing your hands instead of the bootleg sanitizer. Smell your bleach. If it doesn't smell like bleach, it's probably not bleach. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Here's the bad news. Bad news is layoffs have started to hit freight and a number of other industries. We talked about that at the beginning. The good news is that to help alleviate the pressures placed on businesses, Congress passed the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. So this is one of the financial stimuluses that we talked about. On March 16, 2020, the House of Representatives passed an amended version of the bill, which passed by the Senate by by an overwhelming vote of 90 to 8. Who are the eight? I don't know. Who were they? Just like, hold, like, no, no. They must have been uh, very partisan to just vote no against it. <laughs> right. President Trump signed the bill into law in the evening on March 18, 2020. The law will go into effect in 15 days. So it's not into effect yet. April 2nd, 2020. It will remain into effect. This surprised me. All the way till December 31st, 2020. What is this? Uh, is this saying something that we don't know about, about how long the government thinks this is going to last? Well, I mean, you, you've heard Trump say he's, he's you, you got to be prepared for this going through August. Yeah, hopefully, and in, in, in the same breath or in the same headlines, right? It, it is here's our plan for us to hit the peak and be on the backside within the next fifteen to twenty days, right? If, yeah. if we can do these things, I think it is the fact that people aren't going to do these things, and so it's going to stretch out a little bit, and you got to be prepared for that type of thing. And plus, recovering the economy, recovering from this, it's going to take a while. You know, and it's tough. I mean, it's so many workers now that self quarantine. It's not just that. It's you have kids. I have kids. When your kids yeah. can't go into school, that just takes up so much extra bandwidth. It was Brooke Fuller who put a great tweet out yes yesterday, I believe it was, where she said, um, "After this, nobody's ever going to question what a working from home mom does with her day." Oh yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, no, they work very very hard. There's no doubt about it. My my wife is a stay at home and and or work at home. Yeah, uh, and homeschools. Oh wow. So she's got a, she's got a full plate. Uh, oh yeah, but I mean that that's that's her love, that's her passion. But she works her butt off, and and there's many days where I go home and I relieve her. What we what we learned, <laughs> right? uh, especially my wife this week, because the kids aren't at school, is that's like having a schedule is the easiest way to you, you know the kids to know what to expect during the day. They don't get as bored. They they look forward to snack time. And I'm I'm talking about like scheduling even snack and lunch and learning and uh, TV watching and screen time, all of those things. Yeah, 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 ab- absolutely. It's very, very difficult in keeping those uh, it, cabin fever. 
Yeah, it hasn't even begun to set in yet. Right. So uh, let's see here. Bad news. Rest stops in PA and in other areas had shut down, making life difficult for drivers and travelers. And then everybody started screaming about it because what a bonehead move, right? I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean, come on, man. We got to get this stuff. And and like we were talking about er, uh, earlier, I think I think part of the, you know, and the truckers should be proud of what they do. Because they do an yeah. awesome job. There's no doubt about it. They're they're oh, little, uh, little cowbell for them. Yeah, a- amen. And and people say they're the lifeblood. They're the veins that are carrying the blood that keep this country alive. And, and, and right. I mean, that's that's the way things work. They see that they more have than to ever be doing it. And I think they take a little bit of pride also in the fact that they know they're out there making their job, even though you don't know it. When they walk by, even though you may not say thank you, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, and but you need to thank them and do that. And so the good news is they're open. They're, they're, they're reopening. Now, Pennsylvania's got 100% of them open again. And whoops, or whatever it was. Now they're, now they're open. And also, if you go to uh, TCA, I saw this. I got an email from TCA today. Uh, they've got a lot of great information on what is going on out there, but they're talking about uh, the different states issuing uh, uh, different waivers on uh, and, and adjustments to weight and size restrictions uh, for for trucks carrying different commodities, et cetera, through their state. So you can you can check that out and find out what they are. We can't read through those because I tried to read through just Tennessee's and, you know, I was cross eyed after about, you know. One of the eight of you were just said one of the eight who voted against was Tennessee's own Senator Marsha Blackburn. Nice. Jeez, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Brooke Fulter says, Brooke Fuller says, thanks for the shout out, Dooner. Uh, S-A-H-M for the win. Good stuff. There you go. Okay, so bad news, as everyone knows, is that hoarders have brought have bought all the sanitizer, toilet paper, pasta, rice, etc. Economist and researcher Dr. Ray Perryman, he shed some insight on this, and he said that it comes down to actually being human. So not everyone has gone crazy. This is a part of our condition. Hoarding is a natural response for many people when uncertainty is as high as it currently is, going all the way back to like our caveman, yeah, reptilian brains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, Having basic essentials can make things feel more under control, and the tendency to hoard has its roots in psychology going back through Y2K. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, absolutely do. 9-11. Y2K was a thing that was supposed to happen, never did. 9-11 did happen, and that actually set the temper and the tone we thought Y2K would. Yeah, Interesting when you look back on it, right, in hindsight. Yeah. um, You're seeing images on TV and online of people seeing the store shelves empty. It's driving even more people to stores, causing this huge bulb effect that we've been talking about. But the good news is that deliveries are rolling as we speak. Grocers and big box stores are getting smart. They're starting to limit the amount of things that buyers can get. Uh, The stores are telling people there is no fundamental warehouse shortage. So don't grab as much as you need. You know, don't take more than you need off the shelves. Leave it for other people. Yeah. You're creating a condition here. You know, you're being have a little, uh, you know, empathy, be a little bit altruistic when you go to the grocery store and, you know, just take two of whatever it is. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what we did at Buy House and and friends that I have as well is you want to go out there and just restock right away or just go crazy. Right. And I lived in Florida. And the last year that I lived in Florida, we got hit by five hurricanes. Yeah. Right. And. And so there was like you, you hoarded and then you hoarded again, <laughs> right, uh, is what was going on there. And it happens all the time. But so just I told my wife, when we go, yeah. we'll buy a couple extra things every time we go. That's it. In We're Boston, not going to go out there and spend $10,000 and try and hoard for the, you know, try and survive in our bunker for the next 10 years. That's I mean, we know, this, we know this from snowstorms, too. Yeah. Like in Boston, like people call it French toasting because everyone would go out and they buy all the milk, the bread and the eggs. Yeah, I don't understand that. You got you. <laughs> I mean, you have this uh, a snowstorm or a hurricane coming that's going to possibly knock out electricity. So you go and, and hoard up everything that is that, you know, perishable. 
We clearly uh, didn't know what S A H M meant, so Brooke has let us know it is stay you. at home mom. Oh, there well, you stay, go. There we go. That makes Amen. sense now. All right. There you go. So bad news. As theaters close, the movie industry has had to scramble to reschedule major blockbusters. Ugh. Any of your kids were looking forward to getting to? What's that? Were there any of your kids were looking forward to getting out to or you? Uh, I, I gave up trying to go to the movies yeah. when I had kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but my well, kids, yeah. I mean, they're looking forward to them all the time. And the, and the good thing is, right? So NPR reports, Comcast, NBC, Universal announced a potentially industry-altering change, right? That's pretty Dude. huge. So we're all going to have the red carpet. At our houses. Right at your house. I've been asking for this for years, ever since digital and streaming came in. Like, why can't you just get movies on pay-per-view for $19.99? You know, why, why, yeah. has, why haven't we had this renaissance yet? And I know that, you know, movie, it's, it would be devastating to movie theaters, right? Yeah, uh, yeah it, it would. It yeah. would. And there's something about going, I mean, there's certain movies that I got to go see on a big screen. I don't know if this goes back, though. I think that this might be the new normal. I think a lot of things are going to happen due to the coronavirus in terms of in terms of movies that are going on, in terms of working from home. A lot of these these digital revolution changes that are probably going to stay with us moving forward. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's one of the things that I that I that I look at and I, I love to. I, I'm trying to look, trying to look at the good side of things, right? What what is going to come out of this that is going to be good? And that's one of them. These are one of these changes that'll be be darn it'd be outstanding, especially for people me. I don't have the ability to just take a, seriously. I don't have the time to go to the movies. I'd love to. Yeah, I'd go on a weekly basis. I love the movies. The last one I saw was but, Frozen 2 at the movies, and now that's on Disney+. Plus. So we yeah, got that going for us. Right. But, I mean, there's plenty of uh, non-kids movies that I'd like to go see, too, at a big screen. I think I might, get I, the, I might rent The Hunt tonight for 20 bucks. I've wanted I'm to see that you, one. That would 19, pretty, yeah, The Invisible, Emma, The Hunt, etc. $19.99 yeah, for, for two-day rentals. Those are off Trolls World Trolls World Tour. Tour. I don't know. I might be able to skip that one. <laughs> the, the kids might want to see it. I don't I mean, know. I love, I love the, what Cloud Guy. Okay. Cloud Guy is awesome <laughs> on there, right? <laughs> I guess that's the, it's the, it is the rock one. It is the rock one. All right, let's get a comment section rodeo. Let's hear from you people. Comment section rodeo. All right, let's see. What did people on FreightWaves.com have to say this week? We had, uh, from the article, carriers enter dominant pricing power position for the first time. That was from that... PPI, that DHL Supply Chain Pricing Power Index. Dan said, in summary, the market is screwed. Sell, sell, sell. Now, buy, buy, buy. All this data analytics leads to a simple conclusion. Run, lean, run hard, more important, run smart. So he's kind of saying we were, don't buy a bunch of equipment, don't go spending a bunch of money, making huge investments. Kind of get get lean, if anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Baron Chuck says... Is this price gouging by the carriers in a time of need for most Americans? Is it? Is, is what? Is, price- <laughs> is this price oh, the, gouging oh. for the, by the carriers in a time of need for most Americans? And um, I would just, no. No. Just deadpan, no. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think carriers are just taking, it, it's capacity. Capacity always drives the market for freight and people, they're just charging what's available. It, it, it's, it's natural supply and demand price changes. And then when you look at the prices, yes, they're up. They're not up to a level where the cares are going, yeah. Plus, right? they were undervalued, too. Yeah, I mean, the, the prices were, you were already getting a discount. Yeah. A lot of shippers were already getting a discount moving freight. Yeah, and price gouging is, price gouging is what the dude Five, in, six, in seven dollars a mile doing with the, yeah. uh, with the wipes earlier this month where he was uh, buying them and then selling them for 80 bucks a pack. These guys aren't selling $20 mile stuff. Yeah. Right? 
From the article, former Lipsy Logistic employees blindsided by layoffs at Chattanooga office. Dave, he says, oh, wow, did, did this, this one's harsh. Did Joe Lipsy <laughs> pay them severance in cocaine? He is the scummiest, nastiest CEO. In, these, are, these aren't my words. This is Dave. He says <laughs> he is the nastiest CEO in logistics, a difficult honor to own in this business. I'm surprised he has not been locked up yet for what he's accused of. He even told the court that he had given up control of the company, but it appears he's still in control just just make him please, jail him please, and make the world a better place. Wow, that's harsh yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's... Um, Maybe I, a former employee that was let go this week. You think? It, it sounds like someone who's... <laughs> it sounded personal. It did sound very personal. So DNBA says, this is going to be a trend. Shippers are going to start realizing that brokers and logistics firms have been picking truckers' pockets and service is suffering. Technology-based brokerages reduce shipper overhead and can put a little more into the carrier's pocket. Not much. Apps are going to thin the herd. I haven't heard of any carriers laying off drivers. Coronavirus job losses in the industries will probably not trickle down to CDL holders. A lot of stuff in this paragraph. Yeah. What do you th- what do you make of that? <sighs> well, let's just take the last one because we don't have time to dig into everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything that he said here. I think that uh, it will trickle down eventually to CDL uh, uh, holders. Right. I mean, when we come down the backside of this, uh, as we were talking earlier, it's going to decline and it could decline drastically. And you're already seeing issues in this in CDL holders. Restaurants are closing. Cisco, U.S. Foods, they're going to be hurting. Those drivers, what one of them, I forget which one, U.S. Foods are 41,000 drivers. Yeah. Uh, and you know what industries are 4,100 drivers what you're moving is going to get very imbalanced too because of just the buying habits that humans have is we're all kind of stuck in similar circumstances so it's going to cause wave purchasing yeah you're 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 uh not insulated with a cdl i i i I hate it but i think that's the fact I mean, you might be able to move to another, to moving another type of freight or sure. moving uh, reefers instead of flatbeds or yeah, flatbeds and dry vans. I mean, you, you have some mobility, but yeah. I mean, and this is like, hopefully the world doesn't fall off a cliff, right? Yeah, um, from the article, layoffs start rippling across freight industries. This is DT. He said, there is a wave of bankruptcies coming. Cash is king. Debt is the devil. Only the strong will survive this. Literally, startups are going to see cash dry up and we will all be in survival mode. It's time to get real and cut costs to the bone to stay alive and fight another day. So we're seeing a lot of people bear up. That's another comment yeah. about just getting just getting bare. Yeah, I so that I envision that he's not the one taking steps towards the Mad Max uniform. He's just going straight into it. Uh, yeah, he is. I mean, he seems very he seems very concerned. But I mean, I, 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 his point is well taken, and you should be concerned, and you should be preparing for that type of stuff, and praying that it never happens. Like a soldier prays for no war, right? Yeah. Art says, "Yup." New York State unemployment website cannot handle the demand. Wake up, people. Freight volumes will tumble once houses are filled to the roof with toilet paper. Enjoy it while it lasts. Auto factories shutting down, economic activity, and freight movement is coming to a stop. Mm, you think so? Uh, there's definitely going to be a drop-off. Yeah. I mean, you can't deny that at all. How how bad it is, I don't think anybody really knows, and I think we're all praying it's not as bad as we think it could be, but it's going to be, there's going to be a drop-off, for sure. From the article, Pennsylvania Trucking Group looks for an easing and shutdown of rest stops. We covered the story. John says, I know I'm blessed to pick and choose loads. That being said, I will never drop, pick, or drive across Pennsylvania ever again. Do you think that's true? I mean, they did backtrack what they were doing. Money's uh, money. Uh, <laughs> Freight's freight. I don't know John personally, so it could be true. 
Could be. Yes. <laughs> it absolutely you think be he could be but that I would warn vindictive? Him, that I would warn him that when I was a young boy, I used to have to go to Johnstown, Pennsylvania to visit my, uh, my, my cousins, and I swore to my parents I would never live in, in Pennsylvania, and I lived there for six years. So. <laughs> And I went to college there as well. So, well, <laughs> no, it was on so, your mind. Yeah, exactly. Noble one, wise man, observe, learn, forgive, but never, ever forget. Wink, wink, and say no more. As the motto goes, burn me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. I like the motto, fool me once, strike one. Fool me twice, strike three. I like the one that was uh, <laughs> fool me once. You can't fool me. Fool me you can't fool me again. <laughs> How did that one go? I got, remember when they threw the shoe at at Bush and he just like dodged Matrix style? Yeah, I yeah, was right. impressed with his reflexes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gotta tell you, yeah, exactly. Regardless of your opinion of the guy, he's yeah. got some reflexes. It, yeah, it almost looked like it was planned because. He did. He was just like, oh. Then he threw another one. The guy threw a second shoe. And those weren't just like regular shoes. Those were like the kinds with like, like you make them at like a tire and like some, some old cloth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly what they were. Yeah. Those were like store. Yeah. They were, they were. <laughs> Anyways, thank you everyone for joining us today and sticking with us through this week. We're, we're happy we got to bring the news to you. It's been a great time. Uh, we've been doing a bunch of shows this week. We did What the Truck and the same schedule next week. What the yeah. Truck will be 2 p.m. On Monday, what else we got going on? Tuesdays, we got great quarter guys at 2 p.m. That's right. Uh, uh, also, at 12 p.m., we have that new coronavirus free market update. That'll be twice a week, Tuesdays and, Tuesdays Thursdays, and Thursdays at noon. That's right. That we uh, it's it's about an hour. If we get a lot of questions or a lot of people, we'll, we'll, we can always go longer. But like this, leave your questions in the comment section. Follow, watch it on LinkedIn or YouTube. Can be totally interactive. Yeah, as interactive as possible. Right? We're looking for conversation there. Let's find out what's going on. Let's talk. Let's find solutions. Let's find what's going on. I think right now, more so than ever, crowdsourcing information and hearing from people who are who are listening and who are experiencing these things is vital to us telling the news and telling the story of what is going on from our unique perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. 3 PM. Uh, we have the, we have, uh, we have, uh, at noon, new time for put that coffee down. Is it now at three? Yeah. At, right. at 1 PM. Uh, at sorry. 1 PM. Noon for put that coffee down. <laughs> noon on Wednesdays. When should I put my coffee down, Dooner? Do it at Just noon. Tell me. Do noon? it at noon. We it's need more time. Noon. A lot of people asking questions, salespeople yeah. working from home. That's what we covered on this week's show. How do you, strategies from working from home and also strategies for selling into a crisis. Don't be one of those people at any job, not just sales. Don't be one of those people who takes now to go to sleep. Now is the time to shine and, and step on the gas as hard as you can. You can really, really uh, set your foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Be the solution. Be the solution for your customers right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, And we also have Freightonomics that day. Yeah, Freightonomics that day. Yes. Thursday, we got that other coronavirus special, 12 12, uh, freight forecasting. Freight forecasting at four on Thursdays, right? And then one week from now, we'll be right back here, one o'clock, what the truck. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the show. Thank you to our guests. Thank you to my dad for joining us. I hope they drive safe. A little nervous now, though, with him saying all those people are, are at the hotel. Uh, International yeah. travelers and stuff. <laughs> I know. Like, That's go stay crazy. I, I got to call him after this and tell him to go stay at a different I hotel. Would, yeah. <laughs> uh, a little cowbell for all the listeners uh, for nice. tuning in with us. Everyone out there, stay safe. Wash your hands. Call your mom and dad. Hug your loved one. And we'll all get through this together and be even stronger on the other side of this show that we call What the Truck! Have a good weekend, everybody. Peace and love.